the incomparable. Number 175, Christmas 2013. Welcome back to the Incomparable Podcast. This is our special Flashcast edition, meaning it's unedited, unexpurgated. We say stupid things and then you hear them. We talk over each other and you hear that because it is Christmas and we're not going to do any editing on Christmas. It's in the Incomparable Podcasting contract. And as we've done for the last several years, we're here to very quickly talk about the Christmas episode of Doctor Who on the day that it aired. Joining me, I am Jason Snell, your host. As always, I have four lovely guests. David Lore is here. Hi, David. Hello there. Dan Morin is here. Hi, Dan. How many years have we been doing this now? Too many years. Too many oh. years. Well, it, it's like it's like eight or nine years that Doctor Who's been doing it, which boggles my mind. But it's, wow, it's, really? Was it that long? It's oh, uh, it's been. It's I, I don't think too, we yeah. I don't think we did a flash cast of of um of T- David Tennant's last episode. I do believe we've done one for all of the Matt Smith specials. So it's been a while. Yep. It's that it's Serenity Caldwell. I heard you there. Hello. Yes, I cannot believe that it's been three years of Matt Smith, and and Matt Smith is gone and already. He's gone. He's gone. R.I.P. And uh, regenerate in peace. That never happens. And Scott McNulty is here. Hi, Scott. Hello. I, I thought this was the uh, Who cast about the Flash, so I'm woefully about the Flash. It's about, Cindy, it's, the Cindy Lou Who cast. About it's the, the Horton Flash? Horton Hears a Who cast. Unfortunately. About Flash Gordon. Doctor Seuss is involved somehow. About Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Ming the Merciful. Ironically, I was talking jerk. about the Flash earlier. This makes perfect sense now. <laughs> It all comes together. I bring it together. Yeah. That's what you do, Scott. That's why you're here. Try. So, uh, yeah. So, Doctor Who happened. Uh, th- this was the time of the Doctor to go with the name of the Doctor and the day of the Doctor in this little triptych of moffatiness. Um, say- saying goodbye to Matt Smith. Um I watched the BBC America version, which is interesting because the last commercial break is at the worst possible moment. <laughs> That's always good, where the you have the climax and the shocking sudden resolution of it that is uh, inter, intercut with a, a bunch of commercials. Oh, well, <laughs> got to pay the bills. Wish they had cut it somewhere sooner than that. Um, so, so Matt Smith is gone. This is a very strange, I thought, episode in terms that it, it is uh, unlike almost every Christmas episode Doctor Who has done since uh, Stephen Moffat took over. Unlike any, I think. It, it, Christmas... Christmas seemed to Christmas was in it because he he goes to a town called Christmas that is the Christmasiest place in the universe, uh, mm. and and uh, we have Clara making Christmas dinner for her family, who we've almost never seen, but there they are. Uh, but it didn't seem very Christmasy to me. It's it, it felt you know just to start out, it felt a little perfunctory to me, like you know, like some of the Russell Davis era specials where it was like, well, it's on Christmas. I need to include a Christmas element, but it it sort of didn't seem to be the point. And in fact, I thought the 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 fact that um, spoiler horn. <laughs> Can I add a spoiler horn in the flashcast? I don't know. I hope it happened. The, the fact <laughs> you should really watch. You should really watch the episode. Uh, the fact that 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 Christmas Town is on Trenzalore is a very strange connection of like, oh, it's this cute town at Christmas where the greatest battle in the universe and hun- hundreds and thousands of people are going to be dead uh, was the same place. That seemed very strange. So, any thoughts about just how the the Christmasiness of this episode? You know, I thought um, it was strange, but I actually love it. Um, I think it. I have been kind of a sap for the Russell T. Davies Christmas episodes where I kind of like the interspersed and the homeliness uh, mixed with the outrageousness of, oh, it's Christmas or maybe not quite Christmas. It's just a town called Christmas. Um, I, I kind of like that that's acknowledged so blatantly, actually, where it's, no, it's July. It just happens to be a town called Christmas. So, eh. <laughs> also that we, after several years of very, very Christmassy episodes from Stephen Moffat, because we had, you know what, the Christmas Carol and the Snowmen and what was the other one? Wasn't there another yeah, one? Yeah. Doctor the Widow and the Wardrobe. Yeah, the Doctor and the Widow. I mean, we had a lot of really Christmassy episodes, I feel like. And so we sort of have... You know, I think he's gotten that out of his system. And so we got something that was a little more Doctor Who-y than Christmassy, I guess. David, Scott, thoughts? I'm, I'm maintaining a politic silence. 
Christmas, <laughs> although I will uh, say about all things Christmas. Christmas on I, I didn't mind that the town was called Christmas. I didn't see a point to it, but that was about the only thing I liked in the show. Oh, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. That's some foreshadowing. All right, David, let's get let's, let's get let's <laughs> let's get it out there. Um, you know, this was, uh, yeah, yeah, David. I would like you to talk a little bit about your feelings. I think that's <laughs> as a as a host, I am sure going to good. ask. I'm going to probe a little bit and ask for more about yes. your negative feelings about this, because you know, as everybody knows out there in the incomparable, we don't always just rain down love on individual episodes of Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who very much, but I know some episodes are not so good. So I'm fascinated <laughs> to hear what David has to say. Well, you know, I was I, I rewatched uh, the name of the Doctor and the day of the Doctor leading up to it just to, you know, get it all fresh in my head. And the, the more I thought about it today, because I watched the the stream from the BBC, so I've, I've had like nine, ten hours to fulminate. Um Hmm? You're in England? Yes. Yes, Shocking. I am. And, Indiana, uh, England. <laughs> <laughs> we called the dog Indiana. And um, it seems, I mean, even though all three episodes are written by Stephen Moffat, they all play as if they were written by complete strangers <laughs> who only had a bunch of keywords. You know, they had the words Trenzalore, Gallifrey, Graves, um, Regeneration, uh, you know, it was just keywords. There was there's like no through line to any of them. There's no connection. And Trenzler is just sort of random here and there. And Gallifrey is randomly here and there. And it's, you know, as much as I loved the day of the Doctor, and I did, that is easily one of my favorite episodes of the whole new series, old series, any of it. Um, this is the complete opposite for me. I just... All the goodwill, all, all, everything that made up for everything that I was dissatisfied with Moffat for a while, it's all in this episode. It's like, oh my God, what did you do? Can we at least agree that the time of the Doctor greater than the name of the Doctor? Because yes. Oh, yes. I thought that one was among the nadir for this series. And I, everything in this that harkened back to that, I was like, oh yeah, that episode yeah. where they brought up a bunch of stuff. And now they've kind of retconned a bunch of stuff that happened there. <laughs> yeah. They've made it try and make a little bit more sense. You know, name, name of the Doctor was just incomprehensible. But then things in this, I mean, we, we've gone from impossible Clara saving all the Doctors to clever Clara to clueless idiot Clara in this one. You know, she, she just, he keeps tricking her and sending her back. She's and, got a turkey to cook, okay? You know, very important. <laughs> I it's, don't know if I'd call her idiot clueless no, Clara she's in this more, one. Not she, by a no, long shot. She's serving a no, support no, role, though, right? She is. She's there for right, support. She's not, she's not super Clara. Right. To save the well, day. Well, she's not supposed to be super Clara right. anymore. Oh, and right. I think yeah, yeah. also the rapport, the rapport in the last couple episodes since Name of the Doctor has been clearly different between them. Like, since we went into the whole Clara is the impossible girl, we've taken her out of the time vortex and she's, you know a little more stable and a little more normal. I like this Clara. I think she's not necessarily as fantastical or as manic pixie as some people maybe liked about her original characters and some people disliked. But I I like the way that they're shaping her, like how they're shaping her. I like when she decides to ask for help versus when she decides to go off on her own. I think the night it's a nice touch of her basically clinging on to the TARDIS for 300 years <laughs> while it tries to make its way back to the doctor. And the fact that she looks, you know, very upset, but at the same time, you know what? You're worth it. It's yeah. I'm, I signed up for, for a task and I'm obligated to see it through. Did anybody else think she was going to be really old? When, they, when she came back, because there was something about the lighting that almost from when they kept shooting her from behind while she's holding on to the TARDIS. I think they were trying shot. to make her show that she was cold. Like she was like her okay. clothes were yeah. kind of frozen. To me, her hair, to me, her hair looked gray and maybe right. it was just the was, coloring of what I was looking on. But it was it was, it was the frost. It was the frost. Yeah. yeah. But still, it was it, it was I was like, oh, my God, what if she turns around and she's, it turns out she's like 80 now? <laughs> or dead. You yeah. know, I mean, I think that would have been a creepy twist for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, the doctor's been on there for 300 years, and Clara is clearly a normal human girl. But she's right. possible. 
Not anymore. She's I mean, just a normal girl. She's, a possible, she's possible. She's yeah. possible. By that point, she's a plot. improbable girl. <laughs> Implausible by, girl. Implausible by, girl. By that point in the plot, I was just shaking my head. So I mean, I didn't, I didn't buy anything that led up to that point. So I wasn't buying the point. <laughs> really? That, no. Uh, I, had, I had some. Nothing. I had some major problems with the whole. Oh, well, so the spoiler horn has gone off. So, you know, the whole point of the Gallifrey is sending a signal through the crack yeah. in the universe that no one can decipher. Uh, but you would think that they would want the one person they're sending the signal to to be able to decipher it. But he can't decipher it. But Until a Cyberman, head, Cyberman can. head can. So we can pause for a second because the Cyberman head is very, very strange. And I'm not really sure where that came from. And it's I would handles. really like to know. I will not have any ba- anything bad said about Handles. Handles is adorable. I, I, I just don't no, know where I loved he came from. Um, He's just but, randomly there, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, in terms of the signal, that made complete sense to me because the idea being that Gallifrey has been erased from this world and is long dead and everyone has basically forgotten Gallifreyan, including the Doctor himself. I mean, that seems entirely logical to mm. me. And also, no one's really looking for it. All they know is that whatever this transmission is, it's filling them with dread. Which, I mean, if you heard a language that you were expecting to be long dead and maybe it was coded into you by uh, by all of your evil ancestors to be like, hey, if you ever hear this language again, maybe run in terror because it might signal <laughs> the end of the universe. So now, um, evil ancestors, though. So the Time Lords are bastards generally so is it really bad for the rest of the the races in the universe to not want the time lords to come back no, no. but i mean <laughs> that's what makes it kind of interesting to me is the fact that it's left in the he's like it's left in that stalemate situation right where it's he's not bringing them back and he's also not you know not bringing them you know he's got he's the doctor's kind of like the one guy standing in the middle there and i think he doesn't want to bring them back in part because they'll get killed but in part because they're he also they're jerks and will start the entire time war all over again. And I think in part that's what the prior episode to this, the 50th anniversary episode, kind of sets up. Is it's Gallifrey is a horrible, horrible place, but there are also things worth redeeming about it. And, you know, Day of the Do- that was step one in terms of Gallifrey can be looked on as a potential location and a potential place for good again. This is step two in... I'm no longer willing to sacrifice Gallifrey because of what I have been through prior to this. Step three is, do we ever see them get another chance? And I think that's what the next season will really grapple with. And step four is profit. I just should say that Glenn Fleischman has joined us now. Oh, dear. I thought it, I heard breathing. Hello, hello. It, it's just a model. Fair Sorry. enough. Uh, uh, well, I was just, I was just thinking about sorry, I was coming to stop the conversation. I was thinking that the that uh, you know everyone's afraid of Gallifrey. Uh, who's afraid of the big bad Gallifrey? But the problem was the whole point of the the end of uh, the 50th anniversary episode was the Daleks have all destroyed themselves. Everyone blew up. Everyone blew up everyone else. They think and Gallifrey is hidden somewhere. But then you have this issue of the Daleks can never die. So now you have this whole uh, previously you know, uh, seen uh, reformed Dalek army that's massive and has a huge amount of force and can bring in more and more reinforcements and all the bad guys, the Cybermen are there. They apparently were never destroyed, even though we saw that in previous episodes, there was one cyber rat left and so forth. So uh, we're left with all the villains back in, in their full evil strength. Yep. No, I don't think they are at all, actually. I think, I mean, clearly they're they're back and they're around, but that's established in years and years of canon where it's, you know, these enemies will never truly die. They're just slowly rebuilding themselves back up. The Daleks are clear. I mean, if the Daleks were at full strength, the entire planet would be surrounded by Dalek armies. Instead, we have maybe one or two ships of Daleks and one ship of what looked like hibernating Cybermen. Well, but then and, it's ridiculous. Then bring the Time Lords back and they'll blow a couple big ships out of the air. And I mean, I think that's the flaw is like, is if, it, if there's not a massive Dalek army out there, then bring back the full strength of Gallifrey and just wipe them all but out. Gallifrey is not at full strength either. Gallifrey has been oh, hiding okay. in a pocket dimension for years and years and probably hasn't Frozen amassed anything. They're yeah, exactly. In they got those well, pew-pew weapons. They got lasers and stuff. So Yeah, but you're talking about... Here's You're the talking, thing about about the the Daleks and the Time Lords is, is the Daleks aren't going to disappear forever. So the ir- initial sacrifice at the end of the Time War was very impressive because it was we killed them both. But of course they couldn't stay dead, so they brought them back and they got bigger and bigger and bigger. At which point you have this weird uh, conundrum of well, I sacrificed 
you know, this to end the time war and destroy the Daleks too, but they weren't destroyed, so why did I do that? And I felt like the 50th anniversary episode tried to undo some of that, right? Yeah, um, exactly. I will say, it, it, where I agree with David is what I really liked about the 50th was it, it, it sort of put Gallifrey out there and said, that's where I'm working. And then I look at this episode and I'm like, really? It's the entire plot device of the very next episode? I was really disappointed by that because I was hoping yeah. that would be a new direction for the show and it would be kind of out there. And instead it just, now I look back on the 50th and it actually devalues it a little for me because now it feels like sort of a cheap setup for the next episode, which is not at yeah. all what um, I was hoping for anyway. Uh, but but I do I do take the point that you know it's an interesting place we get to where the Daleks um, if 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 he's got the ability to let the Time Lords out of their bottle which he wants to do eventually but he realizes if he does it here all that happens is the Time War comes back so he's not he going to do it he had a plot device he had to do which is they got they had to figure out how you're going to get another regeneration without bringing the Valyard in yet the Valyard still has to come in the canon somewhere wow. Uh, does anything? No. Nah. Well, I don't know. They, we were, well, we were talking talk about, about him. Well, yeah, they mentioned him in the name of the Doctor. Sure, in fact, that, that was yeah, the one so, thing I was sitting in there thinking. Like, Wait, wait a minute. Doesn't he know about him? The Valyard, but already? I mean, yeah. between, the Valyard's the post regeneration. That's the he's that's between my between my twelfth and last, which of now goes that could on be forever. Any number at this point. Exactly. Yeah, so it's it never needs to be dealt with. Well, and River gave him for the Master too, right? Did they record a number of regenerations for him? But River gave him one of her or her regeneration energy, which was limited. So he actually already did a regeneration, just didn't count because it wasn't his own. Right. Although he did power, count the regeneration of uh, the tenth Doctor. But that was yeah. his own. That was his, it was own. his own thing. Yeah. We, 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 Stephen yeah. Moffat definitely had. So here's here's the thing. Um, I, I I'm mostly gonna agree with David here. Um, as an episode, I think this didn't work. I think a lot of moments worked in it. One of the things that bothered yes. me about it, though, yeah. was. Um, I felt like Stephen Moffat was checking boxes off, and yeah, the regeneration absolutely. thing he was checking that box off. I think he wanted he wanted to clear the decks of all the sort of like loose threads of the Matt Smith era to the point where there's that scene in the in the haunted hotel episode where he looks inside room 11 and and sees what's in there, his greatest fear, and says, "Of course it's you." And then we never see it. There's a flashback to that in this episode that shows yeah. that it's the crack. Because so it's like check, 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 check. I want to close I, all the loops. I want to. I want to mark everything off. Well, and he does. He does all of that. But you know, it 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 just reinforces the old line that sometimes the mystery is better than the solution to the mystery. Because I felt like that was what we were watching as a writer checking off boxes. But I was really really glad he did it for a couple of things because that stupid who blew up the TARDIS thing has been sitting there. I know. For I like know. Me too. Seasons. It was driving well, me nuts. Like I was thinking like, about well, that recently, where I was like, "They never explained that, did they? Never like, made any sense. Doesn't necessarily make like, a lot of sense now, but they're just priests. <laughs> eh, they're just priests. Anyway, no, you know breakaway temple. Well, I love the idea I, I of. Like so here's the thing about the entire Matt Smith era and the plot of the silence and the great intelligence and silence of Hall, etc. I think Stephen Moffat came up with a brilliant idea, which is the you know, there's this church and. A skit and a church who has been friendly for the doctor for the long time, and then a schism of this church after seeing what happens at Trenzalore, discover decides no, this cannot happen. We're going to go back in time and screw with the doctor to prevent him either from a ever getting to Trenzalore or b making sure he dies at Trenzalore. And this, you know, the answer to this question is never an- answered because we don't want. Gallifrey to come back into the world. When you look at his storyline linearly, it's like, oh man, that's actually a really cool storyline. The problem is he's been dealing it out in tiny bits and pieces throughout this entire season. So we finally get the interesting, you know, important parts in this episode where it's like, yeah, this was a church that the doctor was, you know, vitally integrated with because we've seen them before. We've seen them when the angels first popped up. We've seen them elsewhere too, although they've never been named. The sect was the sect that kidnapped Melody. Like there's there's so many little bits and pieces that have been hidden Check. all throughout this Check. series. But it's well Check. no, it's just they, it just wasn't put together I, properly. I, it, it looks it, yeah, sorry. I would they, argue no. that there was a good pit that the fact that they I always thought that the silence was trying to portray itself as the good guys, right? There's this recurring theme that the silence as evil as they come across and as sort of cruel and unpleasant and and sadistic, that they actually see themselves as like, no, no, we're saving the universe here. Like we we're we're awful, awful people. But the point is that you're going to destroy the universe and we're not having any. And that was kind of – and that was sort of reaffirmed here in a slightly nicer way. 
Well, I kind of agree with Ren that I think the story looks it looks good from like thirty thousand feet. But the problem <laughs> is, if you zoom in on any particular point, the execution kind of falls down. And it, it's a I mean, like going afterwards, I was like reading the Wikipedia articles trying to remember all these various like things that had happened. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool that there are these tiebacks to all these things, and there is kind of a long gestating plot when you look at it from like zoomed out. But I agree that you know, on a less macro level, when you're actually in those episodes, a lot of them don't go as well as you would hope. But, but it cool. is a cool idea. It was ambitious. It just did fail. Well, never, and it makes... Go ahead. Never, well, at any point, oh, sorry, did I, never at any point did I feel like uh, I was seeing the resolution of something that had been set up. It felt to me like those were just... Dan- I mean, honestly, it felt a little bit like this is a writer who uh, got taken by surprise about the quick departure of his star and felt he needed to wrap everything up in an episode. And I don't think the facts bear that out. And yet it felt like that. Like, like this wasn't uh, the master plan's final act so much as I want to I tie up some loose ends in passing for the fans on my way out. And, and that was going to be my other larger point about this is I, oftentimes um, when... And this, since they've been doing... Christmas episodes of Doctor Who, um, there's a lot of criticism of those episodes because there are these big, loud spectacles and they're emotional and there's explosions and at the end, you know, everybody's had a good time. But it's not like they're they can be kind of runarounds and they're just kind of fun. And and, and uh, what shocked me about this episode is that it's just totally not that. It, this is a for the fans tick off all the boxes, resolve strange plot holes. And I, and I think a, a, a regular kind of more casual viewer who's watching this, especially, you know, on the BBC on, on, uh, on Christmas Eve or I mean, Christmas night is, uh, would, would be like, what the heck was that? In contrast to the, the most of the previous episodes, it just felt very, very much like it was about fans and continuity and the show itself. And that's, you know, that's fine. It is a regeneration episode, but it, it surprised me that it didn't make more of an attempt to have a story that held together more than just by the fact that you could go, oh, that's why it said silence will fall, and oh, that's why Madame Kaverian was bad, and oh, it's that crack again. But, but didn't this kill us? That like, the, I mean, so the the day of the Doctor was so good. I mean, I, I don't. I was on the Flashcast for that. Maybe everyone hated it. No, it was so good, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was lovely, and so it was. Be, it was beautiful, and the cinematography, even, and like it felt like a movie, and um, it was big in scope, and it tied up a million loose ends, and it didn't drive us nuts and even that weird weird tom baker thing and this one i'm like oh they brought back amelia for like just the little like bye like oh come on it's so we already that that was beautiful that was the best thing in that last scene was the best thing in the entire episode by by a thousand times i did not like that well where was rory oh he died rory probably died again it was all it was tying him to the beginning yeah yeah. To be perfectly honest, Jason, I agree with you in a large part in that it doesn't it does not feel like a resounding end or episode, but I think that was his intention. I think that Moffat was looking at this as all right, this is the send-off to Matt Smith and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to incorporate all of the former enemies and we're going to tie up the the story thread because we're finally going to find out about the silence and we're going to find out why his name is the most important question in the universe because really, when you think about it throughout the previous seasons of the show, you're like, really? His name? Really? But here it actually makes some semblance of sense. The problem is in the execution. Like, I liked this episode and I thought it was fun, but as a... As an arc tire, it didn't really work. As, you know, anything more than a collection of beautiful moments, it didn't quite work. I like that we're seeing more of Clara. I hope that we'll see more of her, you know, in her, you know, competent self in future episodes. But I think Moffat, as you said, Jason, you know, kind of looked back at this entire storyline as like, well... I tried to do something big and ambitious and it didn't quite work out the way I had planned it. Um, so, but we still need to give it a good send off and we want to move into stage two, which is all about Gallifrey. And I really don't think also that, uh, that this sort of introduction, this tease of Gallifrey was just the entire payoff that we're going to see from day of the doctor. No, no. But I mean, like, I don't even think that it was supposed to be so much like we're going to blow our wad so soon after showing all of this. It's very much a here. We just want to make sure that you understand that Gallifrey is not going away anytime soon, that we didn't just bring in Gallifrey for Day of the Doctor as a like, look, we can do really beautiful epic stories, but we're never going to mention it again for 10 more episodes. I think Moffat really wants to keep make sure viewers understand that 
the world is changing and the scope is changing. And it's not just going to be little mini arcs about, you know, Daleks for three episodes or Cybermen for three episodes. We're going to delve into a giant, more unified, connected universe. And I'm really excited for that, assuming he can pull it off. I did like the fact that I was surprised to find out what the, why there was a question. The question an answer finally made sense. Like, why is the question Doctor Who? Oh, it's like, oh, it's a password. Because it's the only thing in the universe that the Time Lords could actually rely on as something that only one person ostensibly knows, you know, in River Song or something. And maybe Clara and that memory that was erased from her. I thought Clara was about to go over and get the recovered memory from the journey to the center of the TARDIS and say, uh, oh, it's, you know, it's Phil, Phil Jones. And, you know, and yeah, boom, but she it would wouldn't open. let in that she wouldn't let in the the um, the Time Lords, though, because right, she knows that's right. not what the doctor she's wants. There to, she's there to save the doctor. And she did she's it there again, to save the doctor. E- even though her timeline's erased because she never went to Trenzalore and got into his timeline. So his ti- her timeline's no, gone. I mean, that, that that timeline still exists. That time, yeah, I mean, her her prime maybe. timeline still exists. Yeah, but she ha- she never jumped into. Well, there's some future yeah. point. He comes back and then comes back again, well, and there's his crazy hurts. crazy thing. Scott, our uh, IT expert, can tell us about the wisdom of using your name as a password for anything, <laughs> let alone the universe. I, I did when I was watching this. I thought that's an awful password. <laughs> well, I mean, the password that destroys the universe, though. So. You know, I mean, from from the beginning, since he's been in charge, Moffat has just loved doing the little Doctor Who yeah. Oh, yeah. jokes. Yeah. Which I find and annoying. every time <laughs> I've wanted to throw something at the TV, <laughs> we've had, you know, what, 46 years where we managed to not do that. And yeah, now every other week, it's like, he's making up for lost up. time. There's a lot <laughs> of time left that he needs to make and, up for. Dude. And, you know, it, it's it's like I, I'm... I'm seeing him do this and it's like oh oh don't do it don't do it and then of course he keeps getting it you know building but it think, more and more think about the bright side maybe and he's gotten it all out of his system now maybe. everything oh, knock everything good but you know it's it's really exciting that he's got gallifrey but then he's basically put matt smith's doctor in stasis for 300 years what can it, it, no you right. know, well, he managed I, I, to solve this impossible thing in the last episode with all 13 or all 12 incarnations. Well, all 13, really. I was and and now this time he's just going to stay here for 300 years well, and he do thinks nothing? He thinks he's dead. I yeah, mean, it's, still, a, it's an it, epitaph it, I don't buy on it. his part. No, of course. But <laughs> I mean, I think the doctor at some point is when he realizes that it's Gallifrey with that moment early on when when the Cybermen is like Gallifrey. Seeing Matt Smith's face fall is par- second only to the what planet is this, Trenzalore, where it's – that's step one of him just basically like being like, crud, this is, this is important and this is a problem. And if Gallifrey is back, then I am going to have to deal with a lot of problems well, very soon. Well, n- not to mention that it's like is- everything caught up with me kind of. Like yeah. I've been running and keeping one step ahead of everything for so long and now – He can no longer what? run. But how does that connect to the last episode that ends with him going, I'm going to go find it. He I'm, did. He did. He found it. It's great. Yeah. It's, <laughs> in, a, it's in a crowd. Right oh, okay. <laughs> the the is, he that has found it, and now he's taking care of it with the only way that he knows how, which is unfortunately the end of his life, staying in one place, guarding it from the onslaught of potential the universe's monsters waiting to crush his people. He doesn't want to bring his people back, but he doesn't want yeah. to just abandon I mean, them to die again. On the other hand, that, that village, like how many people are in that village? They keep getting killed and shot and the buildings get blown up and they just <laughs> keep those. Well, they make the worst Christmas ever. Villagers. Come on. Oh. I think it's, well, just, I mean, it's, it's just, just a metaphor for the war on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> there exactly. you go. It's just keep in mind. Oh, they should have war on Christmas. Oh my God, Scott. But you know, I mean, yes, uh, he, he found it now. But he was hopeful at the end of the last one. He was hoping to find yeah, it. Yeah. And so he finds it and now he's depressed. It's like, but no, I, no. I did like Well, he found it surrounded by every enemy that he's well, ever faced. I mean, I, I would be kind of well, depressed if I found my home like that too. Also, but by the way, Doctor the other One at a time, folks. The no. doctor's gotten a little more killy, hasn't he? He kind of in the in the day of the doctor, he's killing all kinds of Daleks and so forth. And this one, he's like, "Hi, I've regenerated. Boom, boom, you're dead. You're dead. And then you, you whole ship, you're dead too." It seemed a little oh, killy. They're only Daleks, Glenn. They're not yeah. people. Well, it kills it's, everybody. It's shaded yeah. off a little bit. It's come, you know, he was trying think... to save. Uh, 
He's trying to save Davros at the end of, you know, when Davros is trying to destroy everything in the universe, he reached out his hand. Now it it's gives like, you a ah, chance, but after Dallas. after 900 years, he's tired of he's that tired. crap. And I did I did like the fact that Stephen Moffat took the opportunity with a, a doctor leaving to say, and obviously this is what he did. He said, what, what can I do that I can't do in any other episode? One of the things is have him be there for hundreds of years and get old. Yeah. Uh, because it's the last episode and he's going to regenerate at the end anyway. And and so I thought that was a fun conceit. Um, although it, and again, have Matt Smith yeah. shave his head too. Yeah, that's why great. not? <laughs> why not? Just for fun. It's a wig, which it was because his his hair was too short, so he had to wear a wig. So they just had him wear a wig. I, I you know, and yet and yet I w- I watched the first forty minutes or so thinking. Um, you know, this is this is so strange. It's just like, how did we end up here? How did we end up with him forever in this town, in this in this stalemate? And maybe some of it was just like I I, I couldn't. It wasn't that the idea of him being in a stalemate where he can't make the decision because all the options are bad was a bad idea. It's just that the the way we got into it, I felt like it was kind of like we stumbled into it and I felt like there were, there were no decisions really being made. It just sort of yeah. happened. And now he was stuck there. And yes, to Ren's point, the idea that the doctor could willingly, you know, w- could not figure his way out of a situation for hundreds and hundreds of years also seems kind of crazy. Although Matt Smith seems to be, you know, the doctor who enjoys taking some, taking some leisure time off on his own. So maybe this was his retirement and he didn't, you know, he didn't want to yeah. go. So he well, stayed. And I'll There's say, a little bit of he sold there too. Yeah. And we also know that he kind of loses his head when it comes to Gallifrey. You know, sure. he's never thought yeah. calmly about that. Yeah. Just also, like I agree. Cyberman. Yeah. <laughs> I agree <laughs> well, about the execution part where it comes to the idea that it, I can picture an episode that pulls that conceit off much better in terms of feeling like you're entrenched. But in this one, we keep bopping back and forth, right? So there's not that feeling. Because the, the the siege of it is condensed to, you know, montage, essentially. Yeah. Whereas it could be a lot different if you were like, you know, didn't have those constant pressure valve releases where we go and see Clara's family or go up to the ship to talk to the nun. You know, if you really felt like, oh, my God, we're in the trenches here and he's like staying here because this is the only thing he can do to keep these people alive and to keep the, you know, the Time Lords alive. I think that could have been pulled off a lot better. I don't mind the, the idea. I just I think the execution was Buffett's flawed. always I was... been horrible at time travel or time, ironically, time travel. Episodes. He's uh... been horrible at episodes that span a long time period. Pacing. Yeah, his I... pacing. His pacing goes all the way out the window whenever he's trying to do something epic. Look at um, look at what was the first Amy and Rory one with the uh, with the Pandorica's box that was like let's span thousands of years. Pandorica. And yeah, yeah. any time that yeah. he employs a narrator, you know that the episode's going to be weirdly I, paced. I, I was going to mention the narrator and say that I thought this was very strange because Tasha Lem the. The uh, Mother Superior, not Superior. Also of... known as Mrs. Bishop from Fringe. Oh, yeah. Walter she... Bishop's wife and Peter Sears. She, she <laughs> is the narrator here. She's the, the Mother Superior of the Papal Mainframe. And um, I found that weird because it's a character we don't know. She... Um, she turns into a Dalek at one point and yet she comes back later and isn't a Dalek again, which also doesn't make any sense. And, and she continues narrating and then she, and then her narration stops at one point. I found that, I found that really bizarre because it was like trying to make it like a fairy tale, like Stephen Moffat has done with Dr. Who at several points. And I, and I don't mind that. And yet it seemed weird, really weird and inconsistent. Like it didn't, it didn't really belong, but there was no other way for him to get the script the story to make any sort of sense and and we don't even know who she is nor is it really revealed who she is and and, and the interaction that he has with her is also weird it felt to me like she's almost river song with the name yeah. changed which which seemed bizarre to me and i kept waiting for a line where she said well you know i'm actually just you know river song with a hologram projection or i'm the uploaded river song from the library in a in a you know in the papal mainframe or something and there was just sort of nothing it's just kind of left there which was very strange well a little bit very... at the end at the end yeah, they, they said am... she gives a little bit about like she was almost a companion but didn't quite get there but you're right it's almost as if they'd written the part for alex uh what's her face Kingston, and then they yeah. did. thank you alex kingston and then decided not to it. cast her she couldn't do it yeah it had that feel of like a missing like in the day of the doctors like something's missing Missing here, there's a piece because she's too familiar, and he's both too eager and weird. not eager enough. 
It was weird. And, and River got, you know, I thought River's final scene in Name of the Doctor was great and that that was a good ending for her. And if we see her again out of sequence, that's fine. I don't need to see her. I feel like that's her final death. But uh, but it just, t- so the narration was weird and the character was weird. And which is not to say that the, the character didn't do some interesting things, but, mm. I, you know, that the was one of those pieces was, that just stuck out like a sore thumb. It's like, the whole what is episode that? was full of thin characters, though. It's like you go into this village, they have the really good, the really hilarious exchange about the truth field and an explanation of why there would be a truth field. I'm like, okay, I buy it. Yeah, That's that was actually, really funny. a great gimmick. And then it's essentially totally dropped, and the villagers are cardboard that get blown up after that point with little exceptions. Even, um, you know, Clara's family, I'm like, it's Donna's family. It's the mother who's the shrewish trying to get them married the grandmother who's all got folk wisdom and like bernard cribbins and so forth so i'm like i didn't feel like there was any uniqueness in the family uh the villagers were backdrop and the and they added new characters in there so it, i don't know in the relationship between clara and the doctor they kept separating them so you're kind of waiting for things to happen i just thought they lost some of the core there because it, not that he wouldn't keep trying to send her away but wouldn't he send her away like four times or something yeah i was relieved though that they did finally get the turkey out of there because i was waiting for the fans <laughs> oh, to be no. like the turkey is still cooking phone. Yeah. he never no. reconnected the phone to the That's thing true. No, and so it's like every, even, even her family is sitting there for 300 years waiting for her to come yeah. back. I, I thought when I saw Handles, I thought Handles, I was immediately thinking, Tom, you know, Tom Hanks, it's Wilson. Yeah, yeah it is. Wasn't yeah. that the, it was yeah. beautiful. I just enjoyed yeah. the, the exchange with the comfort oh. is irrelevant. Was like, is that better? Infirmative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was, See, that was that better was my than favorite most of the interactions in the rest of the show. I was like, well, they bonded there, those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm to think that the Cybermen are becoming more and more like the Borg, which I know the Borg are based on the Cybermen, but the, it seems like they're coming into this weird nexus of Cyberborg. Especially well, they had a Swedish joke. But the Cybermen have oh, always man. been problematic, right? So I thought that wasn't that wasn't bad to be like, what can we Swedish. do with them to make them... There is de- a de- some desperate move to make them more interesting. I I thought. I did like the I did like the head and I liked the wood Cybermen. I, thought I did that like was, the wood Cybermen. That was really a funny thing and, and of course there's we know future, it doesn't work on wood, right? There's so. a Futurama episode in which Bender replicates himself in wood and I that was immediately my thought. There's a, a wooden Bender and I'm like, are they? No, it's totally unrelated. <laughs> totally. I also did like the funny bit where he like shows up on the Dalek ship with the eye stock. Then and you're like, well, that's funny. Then he's got the Cyberman head and, and he the Cyberman ship. Like, I was like, okay, that, that was, was actually good explained. twice. That was good twice. Why he has a Cyberman head? He likes, you know, he's got starting to get souvenirs. You pick up things. You You've been traveling for hundreds of years. You yeah. pick up things. You're in a field could, with a bunch of scary people. Yeah, it could yeah, just regenerate because you have never seen a Cyberman head by itself before. They could assimilate an entire planet. Oh, wait, we have. Yeah. Okay, so at the end, um, um, Matt Smith's the solution apparently to this uh, this endless bitter uh, uh, standoff on Trenzalore is that the that uh, Clara has a firm uh, chat with the crack in the wall and tells it to <laughs> do things, think about how, what it's done, and do things differently, and be nice to the doctor. Bam. And so the crack in the wall leaves and goes up into the sky and sprinkles regeneration <laughs> magic on the Very doctor, Very which, which which he inhales and and it apparently gives him new regenerations because they decided he did not inhale, Jason. Well, please. no, I am afraid he did. I'm afraid it forced the the fairy dust forced his way in there, and he violently explodes as we saw David Tennant do, and uh, this explosion destroys like all the Dalek stuff that is uh, attacking the planet. And there's a big shockwave and who knows how many of the Christmas people survive. <laughs> but um, that's <laughs> that's the big that's the big resolution. They're made of, car- yeah, she They're did. Made of she, cardboard. She, it's all okay. They could just make new ones. It's okay. Tiny Tim was fine. Tiny, tiny, is it Tiny Wimey Tim? Tiny Wimey Tim is fine. Tiny yes. So so that so that happened. Which <laughs> I did not I, which, make which that I, d- I didn't so Which I didn't now. love because I thought it was like a... Uh, uh, on one level, it was clever because it's like, hey, those explosive regenerations are finally good for something. I thought that was kind of funny, um, but that that was that that part was weird. I liked when when Clara goes back into the TARDIS. I liked the rest of it. I liked um, I, I yes. liked the the fake out where we see Matt Smith's kind of clothes and stuff all over, and we're led to believe that we've now seen him regenerate, and Peter Capaldi is going to walk out, and it turns out to be young Matt Smith who basically says goodbye. And then 
you know, snaps his head back and turns into Peter Capaldi. I, I like that. And that, I like, love suddenly oh. boom, like oh, and, whoa, and know, okay, I, yeah. And I, I loved his speech. Are... I, I thought his speech was was beautiful. Actually, I yes, thought that was a really well well done. Moffat bit. at his best, there. and the most exactly. care that Moffat took with the entire episode, and quite rightly so, is that last little bit where 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 Matt Smith is on the stage for the last time, and and makes some interesting contrast to the discussion that David Tennant had about not wanting to go and about how another man saunters away and, and, and this being about the acceptance of change. And I thought that part was really beautiful. I don't really, the plot mechanics of the end of I'll, I'll explode and solve this. I'm not sure it really worked for me, but I, but once, once Clara was in the TARDIS, um, I thought they nailed the rest of it. I, well, didn't David Tennant's of... doctor only lived for hundreds of years? And this guy lived for like, isn't the Matt Smith one like six hundred? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a crazy. He's, like tw- he's over twenty. How old is he now? Twenty. He's over two thousand years old. So no. he had like because there was a long hundred years. Twelve hundred. Is it twelve? No, no, no. Twelve hundred was a long time ago. He's three hundred. He was. He'd already reached twelve hundred before uh, he went yeah, back. There's two uh, long gaps. The there's lake. The ga- yeah, there's the gap in the uh, in in the uh, between season five and season six where yep. he's traveling with uh, with Amy and Rory staying at home, and so the younger version of him is is called by the older version who supposedly dies. So that's, that's several hundred years. That's three hundred years. And then there's this time gap here is similar. And yeah. he's three hundred years. So he's had like I just wonder if they're trying to say like uh, a little bit like the uh, the war doctor also maybe it, this has been enough time where Tennant was just gra- you know the, that character was more still in the prime and felt it was useless oh, yeah, how yeah. his life had been given no, away. He's, Matt Smith is is dying of old age here. There's no yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. The one thing I saw a lot of people on Twitter freaking out about this afternoon was that regeneration was too fast all of a sudden he's peter capaldi and i just assumed and and maybe maybe i'm assuming right because he set it up for no good reason in the beginning i just assumed that he was holographically presenting himself as matt smith to clara ah and then all of a sudden he's peter capaldi well, I thought he did all the – he got rid of all the energy and it was – he yeah. was like, this is the weird. Reason. And then they led into the whole thing like, uh, you know, to fly this. So this is a bad regeneration like <laughs> yeah, some that, of the early that was, ones. That was funny. Well, that happens. You yeah. know, that happens regularly. Uh, Come on. Who didn't love the uh, the line about the kidneys though? I was, was I don't like the color. I don't like the color. <laughs> it's good. You know that you can tell the color? Although I, I did feel like throwing in a Malcolm Tucker bleepity bleep at the end. It's like Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, I'm exactly. not sure if that was my reaction or what I wanted him to say, but I, I think it was yeah, my reaction. It's interesting because, you know, I, when, when Tenet regenerated to Smith, I think a lot of people were like, you know, had grown so attached to Smith or uh, to David Tennant. They were like, well, I don't Who's know. This, this new guy. guy. This is new. Whereas I feel like with Capaldi, I'm like, I'm very interested to see what he does. Like, I mean, I, I loved Smith and I, I was always excited to see what he did. But Peter Capaldi yeah. is and, you know, he's a known quantity in some ways. Right. In the way that Matt Smith was not. Um, and so coming into that was like, all right, I'm kind of curious to see what this doctor does and how this doctor is different. Also the point that he's the, I mean, he's the oldest, he's the same age as William Hartnell and the oldest doctor since, since William Hartnell. Mm. Uh, so that makes it a very different change from the gentleman we've had for the last several years. It, it was a, um, uh, my wife said this to me as we were watching, cause, uh, we were watching in the exact same place where we were watching when, when the last regeneration happened <laughs> kind of strangely. And, and she said, you know, it's the same, it's the same every time. This is what new fans have to learn, which is, you know, you love, you love the doctor and he's your doctor. And then he leaves and you're like, I don't want him to leave. And then you regenerate and it's like, who is this new guy? I don't like him. And then he comes in and you're like, well, okay, maybe he's not so bad. <laughs> and then a few years pass and he's your guy. And then he leaves and you're like, wait, I don't want him to leave and the new guy comes and you're like huh i don't know about this guy i'm not sure i like him and it goes on that's just how it is sure that's, and, and yeah, i felt well, that tonight I, too yeah, except I i'm kind of excited like, to see peter capaldi well, I mean, his and gray I, hair and all of that me too and i, like I liked him. matt smith the and whole, i mean you nuts. know to say to say you know maybe we should give a moment to uh, reflect on matt smith's tenure i mean overall i thought he did oh. a great job i mean he, he was fantastic yeah. He had some terrible writing on some episodes, but he, but did he a delivers great job. in every yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't tries, think of an yeah. episode where I didn't like him. Exactly. Even in this yeah. one, the, the the parts that I I really didn't like, 
He sold it. He sold yeah. getting old. He sold sitting there for 300 years. I think I was, was okay with that. I, I hated think, the writing. I think he was never not I think he was never not good and let's remember that yeah. when he was cast it was kind of a shock cuz he's you know so young and nobody expected that and then everybody kind of rolled their eyes and said, "Oh, you know, there's always going to be they're going to get younger and younger and and you know, you're turning this into a, you know, a a kids show run by, you know, starring kids and and all the all the eye rolling and all the complaining about it." And and, you know, at the time, the producers said, look, he has this amazing combination of things. And when he walked in the room, we were just blown away that he could be old and young at the same time. And he was totally the doctor. And you know what? They got it. They nailed it. He was all of those things. He did a fantastic yeah. job. You can't. I mean, I can fault. Yeah, some of the episodes he, he was in were quite problematic, although I think that's true of pretty much every actor. I could, you know, David Tennant went out with a whimper because most of the specials weren't very good either. Yeah. But, um, you know, but they I, always managed to rise above their material somehow yeah. you know as, actor. as actors portraying yeah. that role that role somehow always floats to the top i feel yeah i agree and what's what's interesting is uh if you remember when they cast him moffat said we were actually looking for an older man uh, yeah we i wanted got a, an older doctor. i got a theory that peter capaldi was in the mix then too yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i'm interested to see <laughs> this is maybe what he was planning then yeah and he changed everything because he really liked matt smith and thank goodness yeah yeah, well, it was a good good call. What a you know, I think they were they were lucky to find him and gotta love his la- see him. His last fish fingers dosage there at the end that was pretty cute. Yeah. Drinking well, that the was that was fish fingers. Uh, so here's the thing about that: at, at the end of regenerations, we often will see doctors either revisiting old uh, companions or remembering them. I'm yeah. reminded that uh, when Tom Baker regenerated, when Peter Davison regenerated, they actually mm-hmm. were kind of revisited by their old companions as visions. Yeah. And so to have that happen with Amy and with Amelia and Amy, who was yeah. the first face that he ever saw, and his story, you know started and essentially with a crack in the wall ended with with her story to have her appear at the end and tell him that his story was over i thought that was beautiful and it was just enough it wasn't really amy it was his memory of amy to say you've done a good job raggedy man and now it's uh it, it's over and i thought that was uh that brought a tear to me i I have to yeah. Although I did, I did expect River to show up after that. I did have a brief moment of thinking <laughs> that we're going to have She had her moment. She had I her know moment. she had her moment, but I kind of, you know, <laughs> in back some ways it. to me, you know, that, that seemed like that would have driven, drawn the curtain entirely on that whole thread. But, you I, know. I'm still waiting for the, I'm with the Madame Vashti spinoff series. I'm waiting for that because that would be great, but. It hasn't come. Maybe the Paternostra, Madame Bastra, Vastra yeah, and Jenny, Bast- and, yeah, and, uh, I want them, yeah. and Strax. I want Strax. I would love. I want. I want yeah. that all Strax series. all the time. We, Twenty minutes animated would be fine, but just the Centaurans. Because uh, we didn't see them complaining about things. For, for those centaur, those centaurans. Uh, yeah, the centaurans. Yeah. I like that. I can't see the controls. They're invisible. That was good. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? I, I, Go ahead. I, I like David. the. Uh, we're, we're sorry about your death. Yes, that's right. That was a nice touch. Uh, apologies. It was very, very Douglas Adams. I, yeah, I kind of like the fact that they've kept going for years and years, this whole religious army thing. It's been consistent, and it's actually yeah. very amusing without being specifically sacrilegious. It's more like it actually makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So, We've seen it in the past. We'll see it in the future. So I'll say this about all of the retcons and and tying off of loose ends in this episode. The one that I found hilarious was that the silence, as we've known them, are essentially the confessional priests yeah. of this organization. <laughs> because after you I confess, you know, nobody you remembers yeah, what happens. That was good. Yeah. That was they a good, good joke. absolution. Confess. Good joke. Well, also like because they seem so they seem so menacing when they're advancing on Clara right at the beginning there, right? And she yeah. keeps for, she keeps forgetting them. And you're sitting there thinking What's this? Oh, the silence. What is what's this building to? You know, what's what's what, what evil thing is going to happen? And then it turns out that they're actually not exactly harmless, but like kind of not really the enemy here. Right. Right. Did, uh, you notice and, it was a kind of a Borg Queen vibe there, too. I noticed. And, uh, it, you know, this this is better than the Borg Queen, I got to say. But there was that whole like, uh, wait, who's what? the mother superior in the middle? And, yeah. Well, oh, sorry. And violating somebody else's canon. Now, canon one, law, one thing Scott. I, uh, canon law. <laughs> uh, one thing I did like, you know, I'm I'm kind of tired of the we- the weeping angels too, just because oh, you know what else yes. are you going to do with that them? Was, that was and, a shameless insertion of the weeping. But angels. that was a great. But, but that, that was, was a wonderful. Jedi. I did like that because it was like, okay, this is something we haven't seen with them, 
And yeah, it would be tough in a blinding snowstorm sure. when they're buried in snow. That I was know. cool. I, but, also, I like that but it had nothing to do coming. with anything else. I like and that t- we didn't bother coming back to the meeting. It's like, oh, they're too yeah. slow. It takes <laughs> them too long to get into town. They okay, here's, here's, my, here's my nine-year-old son's question, which was very smart of him. After the episode was over, he said, okay, I think the people who wrote this episode forgot that when the angels touch you, you they send you back in time. Yeah. And yeah. they touched her on the... On, and I said, uh, you're right. I don't know. Maybe they didn't... They don't want to force field. They actually force wanted to grab remember? No, but they're, they're, they're holding onto her ankle. Yeah, yeah, but they got the whole force field going. They've held on to people before. They held on to, yeah, uh, to no, just, they held on to River. The weak one held on to River Song's arm. Ooh. Remember, she had to break her wrist. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm saying. Sometimes they don't want to send you back in time. I guess is the answer. But I'm just saying, nine year olds want to know why the <laughs> weeping <laughs> angels the, are not portrayed consistently. Was it all the Moffat. weeping angels, or was it just the cherubs that sent you back in time? Oh, no, no, it was the weeping who knows? Angels. Uh, well, they, think, Ren pointed out to knows? me. Much fan fiction can be written on this topic. <laughs> and Ren pointed out to me at the end of the episode that uh, the doctor lies ostensibly in the truth field when he says, yes. I have a plan. And then he says, no, I don't really have a plan. Right. Or, I'm not this is what it was. No, the, 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 sort of, the crack had closed at that sort point. Of. The crack yeah. had closed one, at that one, point. One or the other is a lie. <laughs> Yes. His, his plan has is to plan, say, or he I doesn't have, have a plan. <laughs> right. You can't have it both ways. I have a fiendish plan. There's a plan within a plan. There's within a no plan. plan. <laughs> it's wrapped up. I have a plan wrapped up in no plan. That's right. Just as a trick. It's just that good. It's more of a trick than a plan. He's the doctor. Yeah. He lies. That's a trick. That's true. Doctor Maurice. Yeah. So it, it sounds like uh, so some of us some of us like it and acknowledge its flaws and some of us didn't like it but thought it had good bits in it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, yes. I can go with that. I mean, it was it, hard coming off Day of the Doctor because that was fantabulous and a fan that was one of their, so Yeah, that was pretty pretty great. I do think Day of the Doctor is where we're going though. Like yeah, I have I, hope so. I have faith I that so. Moffat is basically like. Been. We're going back home. It's a long way around, Scott. The interlude for the. We have to regenerate Matt Smith, so yeah. we're just going to – let's take care of that now, and now let's go yeah. off and do other stuff. Yeah, it's I, also I mean, unfor- I'm, it's I'm a Christmas sure. episode. The Christmas episodes are always sillier and a little off-canon yeah, and whatever I just found, anyway. I found this like this was wasn't, one to do. I just found Christmas this day. wasn't that. and it was. I, yeah. I, I do think that Stephen Moffat got caught between a rock and a hard place where he had to do the 50th anniversary, and he did. He knocked that out of the park, I thought. But couldn't then, move that. Then he could, yeah, he couldn't move that. That had to be on that date. And then he only he only had one more episode with Matt Smith, and it had to be on Christmas. So yeah. he was working within very clear restrictions, which is you got to have some Christmas element, and you got to regenerate Matt Smith and give him a send off and wrap up all the stories that maybe you know I would argue maybe he should have tried to wrap some of those up on at the end of the previous season. Right? Maybe he yeah. maybe he thought he would have another six or seven episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe he thought he'd have more episodes with Matt Smith, uh, and I, I, I and that didn't work out. Yeah. Who we we may never know, but uh, it, it was a, that was a tough task. And, I'd like and, to welcome our next guest, Stephen Moffat. Yes, I'm assuming he he burned out all of his creative energy on Day of the Doctor and on figuring out how to bring Sherlock back. Yeah, and this just kind of fell in between. You're like, oh, well, I have to write that too. Honestly, if you're going to do one right, do the 50th yes. anniversary episode right, and then and yes. then make sure you get the last right. time we see the doctor before he regenerates right and he, he did those and things the rest, yeah you don't have to the middle takes care of itself yeah yeah i just that's been I, my experience. I, I just i liked that david Tennant <laughs> and that david Tennant regenerated in a really terrible i think episode the end of time but but at yeah. the very end what did he oh. what did he do he sacrificed himself for a regular person and i thought that was kind of beautiful and this was interesting in the sense that he sort of does sacrifice not only himself but time uh, you know, all of those years for this little village. I thought that was nice. I just, you know, again, the execution wasn't wasn't so great for me. And there's giant spaceships that he blows well, up with regeneration powers it, from his. It magic is the thing that we we're talking about going into the next yeah. season. It's like he does. It, it, this gives Peter Capaldi's Doctor a clean slate for the first time in years, yeah. where there's nothing left over. All the Matt Smith mm-hmm. plots are, are gone. Even the pre Matt Smith pre Matt Smith plots, like all uh, the entire history of the show now has been wrapped up in the last two episodes so that there's almost nothing dangling out there. So they have a fresh slate and let's hope it doesn't immobilize Moffat and he's incapable of producing anything now with, it, with fresh ideas. It is an interesting position the show finds itself in because this is uh, like when David Tennant took over. It's the same production team but a new doctor and and a returning companion. So it's yeah. not quite the clean slate. And I think everybody's expecting that um, Capaldi will probably 
end up working for some other showrunner because I don't think anybody really expects Moffat to stick around more than maybe another year or two. So that that might be interesting too, is Moffat kind of setting him off on a direction and then walking away and letting someone else take the reins. Who knows what what will happen there? But it is or interesting that we'll this isn't Clara too. Well, yeah, this isn't the Matt Smith restart though. Yeah, that yeah. that could be is that that he yeah. wants to get the show fresh and ready to go. He said as much for for the next fifty years is what he says. He wants it to be able to be on a on a new path. And and Matt Smith says at one point that this is you know he has a new regeneration cycle. So he's essentially been granted by the Time Lords uh, a new set. And and so in some ways, Peter Capaldi is like regeneration. He's he's the first Doctor of the next set. Which Whoa. is interesting. Yeah. Whoa, you just blew my mind. Man. First Doctor Whoa. 2.0. That explains why he's so old. That's right. <laughs> I get younger Seriously. and younger. Yeah. Seriously. That's true. I was like watching this with my mother who has not, she knows nothing about Doctor Who, so she was quite confused. But at the end, <laughs> and when, so I explained, oh, you know, he regenerates, it's clever because they can get a new actor. Uh, so he regenerates into Peter Capella. And she's like, why is he so old? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it's, uh, it's too much to explain. Yeah, I watched it with my mom, who, who who also hasn't seen the show, and 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 she was uh, she was sorry to see Matt Smith go at the end. She's like, oh, Aww. but is he going to come back? Maybe that's maybe it's a trick. I'm like, no, it's not a trick. He's not coming back. That's the end. And I will say oh, it's interesting. Bad. My mom started watching this uh, very reluctantly, and she was like, this is stupid. I don't understand why we're watching this. Uh, and at the end, it was like. Uh, that unfortunate commercial break because uh, we were watching it on the BBC oh, America. Man. She was like, is that the end of the show? Yeah. What's happened? I was like, oh, no, there's more. Well, I was so watching she, she it with, into- uh, with my cousins who are all diehard fans, including uh, my my uh, 19-year-old cousin who the, – the moment for her when uh, he takes off the bow tie and drops it. She's like, the bow oh, tie, yeah. no! <laughs> but Dan, who the- doesn't like the movie Die Hard? We're all wow. diehard fans. Oh. <laughs> I, I did wow. like wow. the, uh, the oh, Doctor oh, oh. Who official Twitter feed put out a thing before the show this morning of a, just a close-up of the, the bow tie with just his last bow. Was like, Ooh. A little Sherlock wow. reference there, his final exactly. bow. Exactly. Yes, indeed. Face of bow. Ooh. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Face of yeah. bow is cool. Anything we missed? Anything we should uh, mention before we go? Tied up. Um, I'm good. I'm going to miss Matt Smith. Oh, yeah. yeah. Miss Matt. Looking forward to Peter Capaldi, though. Clara gets a little bit more time to play with her character. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, because I did I like really Clara in this episode. Her. Yeah, she was she was yeah. good. She was I like this uh, sassy, supportive, smart uh, from the fiftieth too. I think she, I think yeah more more Clara like the last couple episodes definitely. Yeah, I mean I've basically yeah. liked her throughout. the 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 only false note I really had from her tonight was just you know don't change. Why do you have to change? Except of all the companions he's ever had, she's the one who probably should understand that yeah. he changes and that it's okay. You well, know, she's, because sure, she's seen the them all. She's, she's our stand-in at that point. She's yeah. the yeah. audience. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But maybe you're not familiar with like drama. He's a playwright, isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> there, there wasn't a pun, so he didn't get it. No, I did. I did like I, the. Uh, no, the but don't change your clothes. People always to co- roll their eyes at the uh, in that time crash special about how David Tennant says to Peter Davison, "You were my doctor." I liked that in this episode. Matt Smith basically says, "Hey, I was my doctor." Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sucker. <laughs> I'll always remember being me and love it. Oh, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. Bow ties are cool. No Fez references. I was sad. I'm hoping that they'll. I'm hoping they'll be it when uh, when Peter Capaldi arrives and he's figuring out what what he's going to wear. He'll pick up a fez and say something like, "Good God, what was I thinking?" That'll be funny. (laughs) I can picture it. Some good jokes there. All right. Well, that's it for Doctor Eleven. On to uh, on to Doctor Twelve. Sometime I don't even know. Fall August. August. Generating peace. 2017. Yeah. Oh, that's on the Sherlock schedule now. <laughs> yeah. That that joke about how Paul McGann came back before Sherlock still slays me. That was a great joke. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I would like to thank my Flashcast guests for staying up late on Christmas night. I love spending Christmas night with my friends from The Incomparable. Aww. And I did it again. Aww. My family's in the other room. Who this cares? should be a flasher. <laughs> this should be a- <laughs> <laughs> this should be a flasher cast after all the nudity, by the way. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the nude holograms. That's that was true. like there were lots of coupling level jokes it. in here. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we Let's don't. Let's never talk about that again. Let's all explain later. Scott McNulty, thanks for being here. 
Thanks for having me. I am happy to always have you. Uh, and we talked about something that was TV related and not book related, which is also uh, special. It's true. Yeah. I'm reading a book you recommended, by the way. I hope you like it. And I, and Time Hop tells me that uh, last Christmas Day I was also reading a book specifically recommended by you. So thank you for taking <laughs> over my Christmas, what is this, Scott. A mutual admiration. I set? am your Jesus. <laughs> you, you you are my same book. You are my Christmas uh, miracle, Scott. Yeah, that's right. You complete me. Glenn, you guys should get a room. Glenn Fleischman, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was glad. I'm glad we got you to pop in there at the last minute, David Lore. Thank you as always. And thank you, as always. And Dan Morin, thanks for uh, Skyping in from far off lands where there's snow. There's so much snow. Well, Papa needs a brand new set of regenerations. <laughs> yep, it had to happen. It was it was a moral imperative. And Serenity Caldwell, thanks for uh, thanks for popping in also from a land of snow and ice. You were most welcome sitting by the fake fire, so that works pretty uh, well. well. It'll keep you fake warm, so that's good. <laughs> Yay! All right, and to everybody out there for uh, listening, thank you for tuning in to this crazy Flashcast edition. We'll be back uh, right after the new year for our exciting annual Clips Show slash Best of 2013 episode. And yes, we will remember when Steve picked uh, that moment where he picked that moment where he picked Skeletor. So stay oh, tuned for that in 2014. This is wrapping 2013 for the Incomparable. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.